This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Sportsbet BS Hotline, state your emergency. Yeah, it's me partner's group. Me mate Dave, I reckon he bought in. Okay, hang up now. What? And join Sportsbet's Bet With Mates. It's group betting without all the BS. Conditions apply. Gamble responsibly. 1 800 858 858. The Run Home with Joel and Fletch. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all wheel drive. Hour three on the run home with Joel and Fletch. It is True Crime Tuesday, so we're about to catch up with uh, Toby Dow. We welcome those joining us for the first time this afternoon through our SEN track stations. It's been a bumper, bumper show. If you missed the catch up, uh, Mick Collis, very, very good. An ode to Shane Warne. He had a, a poem written to Shane Warne. It was terrific. Uh, many people uh, texting in about that. Those people joining us through our SEN track stations, we do say hello to you. Uh, however you're tuning in, you might be listening uh, belatedly via the podcast, but those joining us through Atherton, Darling Downs, Ingham, Kingaroy and Nanango, those in New South Wales, Griffith Central Coast and the Illawarra and the nation's capital, 1323am in Canberra, we say hello to you. Now, Brian, in the past, our man Toby Dow yes. has enlightened us on a couple of True Crime Tuesday topics. Uh, yes. We had... Who did we have? JFK. JFK. No, we, sorry. Uh, no. Sorry. The sorry. NFL player. Um, OJ Simpson. OJ Simpson. Uh, then we talked about Jeffrey Dahmer. That's right. And today yes. we're going to talk about, well, it's an investigation that it's, I suppose, it's how old is it? 1998? Six, I think it was. Yeah. So they've reopened the... 1990. 1990? Yeah. Jeez, yeah. I was a bit off. Yeah. <laughs> so this is why we've got a true crime expert. <laughs> yes. Toby Dow, welcome to the show. Gentlemen, how are we? Yeah, we're going good. Now, Toby, before we get into this, how did you... Uh, 1996. Sorry. Oh, 996, there you go. Uh, just wondering, you were at the Christian Brothers Bondi reunion on Saturday. Uh, yes. Fun was had by all. It was. Joel, your mate was holding court like a true A-grader. Uh, my mate, D- Danielli. Yeah, um... De Francesco. <laughs> yeah, De Francesco. The guy sitting straight across from you. Mate, i tell you what, <laughs> I didn't realise we had so many Italians at our school. Really? Yes. Yeah, Greeks and Italians. A lot of yeah. Italians. So a lot of uh, Bondi in the early 80s. Uh, a lot of Greeks, a yes. lot of Italians, because it's a Catholic school, mm. of course. A lot of fruit shops. There was, yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely it, yeah, it was. But it was, a, it was yeah. a great day. Toby was there just singing, pieces flowing like a river. It was awesome. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, Anthony, da- Toby yeah. Dow, let's get into John Benet Ramsey. What can you tell us? Yeah, John Benet Ramsey, well, it's close to my heart, Brian, because I use this murder in my book. And, mate, when I stumbled across it, this is a very dark crime. This is, uh, I think when, if they ever solve this crime, I think we'll find the Boulder, Colorado had a dark, deep secret. But I'll get into that in a minute. So for those who don't know the crime, on December 26th, so Boxing Day 1996, John Monet's mother, Patsy, walked downstairs. And at the bottom of the stairs, she found a two-and-a-half-page ransom note. Now, we'll get back to the ransom note because it's a major piece of evidence in this case, which sort of brings the family into it, and I'll, I'll go into detail with that a bit more in a moment. Um, they alerted the police. That was about 10 to 6 in the morning on Boxing Day. The police turned up. They did a cursory uh, look around the house but found 
no evidence of a break-in. The they ended up at about one o'clock. Well, before that, actually, the Ramses, which was weird, rang all their friends and family, and everyone turned up to the house. So straight away, if it's a crime scene, it's being contaminated. And I, I think this may have been a ploy, which I'll get to. Sorry, a bit later. I'm jumping the gun here, but. What happened was the police turned up, John and his friend at about 1 p.m., so this is a long time later, uh, went down to the basement, they searched the whole house, which you would have thought would have been searched already. And they found John Bonet downstairs. Now, she'd been murdered. Uh, she had a garrote around her throat, which is uh, a bit of tweed uh, rope with, uh, it was a broken paint stick at the back of the throat. And if you obviously tie the paint stick around, the great the garrote pulls tighter, and that's how she died for asphyxiation. She'd been sexually uh, molested or assaulted, duct tape over her mouth and hands and feet, etc. and she was wrapped up in a white blanket. They brought her upstairs and laid her out in full view of everyone, uh, which is weird that they would bring her up, uh, especially with the gentleman. He had a gentleman with him called Fleet White, who was a friend of theirs. Hang on, uh, hang on, who's Fleet? Him. Who's Fleet? Because I've heard that name before. Is that the dad's mate? Yes, correct. That is correct. That's the dad's mate. So they found the body, the two of them, and they brought uh, the body upstairs. And then, of course, the investigation takes place. Now, straight away, blame was pointed at the parents. Um, now, when, when you look at the evidence here, so let's have a look at the, the ransom note, which is the major piece of evidence here, I think, when you look at it. There's, on the ransom note, was actually written inside the house because they found the pad which had the indent on the on the pad, so it was a two-and-a-half-page ransom note, which is really weird. Uh, one of the guys from the FBI said he's never ever seen a two-and-a-half-page ransom note before uh, in 60 years because people normally don't write that big note. And the evidence within the note said that they demanded $118,000. Now, that amount is the exact same amount that John Ramsey had been given as his Christmas bonus. Mm. Now, John Ramsey was a very wealthy man. I had his own jet. He had a multi-million dollar defense, a billion dollar defense contract back then, actually. Uh, he worked, he had a company, I think it was called Acor uh, Graphics, and they had a, a uh, contract with Lockheed Martin, who also had the, they were in business with, with the defense contract. Oh, so there's a lot of the bushes. heavy players here. Yeah, so there's a lot of heavy players here. And it's, Boulder, Colorado is a very wealthy area. I think there's a lot of, uh, people within society there that are you know well looked after, you could say. So when they started looking at this case, I think there's only two main reasons that this could have happened. So at first there was, well, we'll go through more, more of them, but uh, one it was either one of the three Ramses, either John Patchy or Burke, the son. Now, Patchy and Burke were the ones who were mainly criticised for the murder of this, um, from wetting the bed to her eating pineapple. There was all these different excuses that people used, but... Yeah, that's a pretty weak excuse to kill a child, especially in that fashion. And then you've got the intruder theory that someone broke into the house, sat down and wrote a two and a half page, basically document essay uh, that they were looking at them. They needed to go to the bank, get them out in a hundred dollars and $20 bills. They didn't like John. They would kill the daughter if he tried anything. A very elaborate type of um, ransom note, which is it's just weird. It didn't make sense. And there's only two other people in the world at the time that knew how much money he'd been given for a bonus. Now, once you exclude those people, then the ransom note becomes quite obviously obvious that it was probably written by someone within the family or someone in the know, I would say. Now, the, the grand jury, they had a grand jury sit down with this for 13 months and go over all the evidence. Now, 13 months on a grand jury is 
well, it's a very long time actually to go through everything. And when it finished, the grand jury, the DA at the time, Alex Hunter, who refused to go down any type of, I suppose you could say, dark side of Boulder. He refused to open up any. He just he just sealed the uh, sealed the documents and not let anyone read the documents. And that sort of brought, I suppose, a lot of um, controversy to the case itself and how it was being handled. Now, the, the funny thing is with this uh, grand jury, there was a couple of people that have already spoken to me before with other cases who testified in this. So Barry Sheck, who we talked about with the OJ, and also Adnan Syed, he's with the Innocent Program. He he actually testified at the grand jury, as, as, as well did Henry Lee, who was, Henry Lee was actually the main witness for the prosecution in the OJ Simpson case till he told him that OJ didn't do it because it was two different sized knife wounds. So they flicked him and he ended up being a defence witness. So Henry Lee's a forensic uh, criminologist who you send to, uh, to scenes and he tells you exactly what happened from blood splatter to knife, like everything, how, how he is. That, that's his job. He's probably the world's foremost criminologist in that aspect. They all testified at this grand jury. Now, at the end of the grand jury, uh, years later, a publication took the DA to court and won four paragraphs of the sealed documents to come out. And it was given that the grand jury believed that both Patsy and John Ramsey should be taken, uh, should be indicted. And the indictment says on two counts, each of child abuse, who, and it says the parents did unlawful, knowingly, recklessly, and feloniously permit a child to be unreasonably placed in a situation that, pro, that posed a threat of injury to the child's life or health, which resulted in the death of John Bonet. So what they're saying is, so... I started looking into this case more and listened to a lot of podcasts through people like Stephen Singular, who's fantastic on it. And these are uh, investigative journalists who look into all these cases and they go and do their own research and they talk to you know, people in jails and all behind the scenes and areas. And they said they all come up with the same thing, that there's a, what I was alluding to earlier, there's a very dark side of Boulder. Because you've got to remember, she was a beauty pageant queen and there's a big beauty pageant type uh, culture within that, within that community. Now, with that comes, obviously, predatory-type people. And in this case especially, they, they were alerted a lot of times. They alerted the DA a lot of times. They were hearing that the night of the murder, that John Bonet actually wasn't at home, that she'd gone to see a secret Santa. And she, she told a lot of people that, and, and witnesses had come forward. But the Ramseys just denied it all the time. And so they believe, so it's not just uh, Stephen Singer, but a lot of other investigative journalists I've listened to, they believe that she was actually murdered elsewhere and transported back home. Now, when she was brought back home, they then corroborated their stories because Patsy and uh, John also went down to the police station and gave uh, witness statements, which sort of exonerated them to a degree. So my feeling is that there was an underlying, uh, I suppose you say, community here, really dark sea underlying community within the Boulder, uh, within the rich, wealthy people of Boulder that may have been a very, um, I suppose you'd say, predatory type, you know, situation. And I believe, you know, that's how she may have died. Well, obviously, we'll find. I'm hoping that with this investigation, because everywhere they turned back then, everything along those lines, they just got neglected. They didn't want to know anything about it. And they just kept going down the line that there was a, a person that intruded the house. But when you, you know, when you read the evidence on it, like, you know, the two and a half page, someone sat down at a table in, a, in the house that where they said they kidnapped a girl who they didn't kidnap. They left her downstairs. They can tell that she was uh, sexual molested. There was DNA found in her underwear, but she'd also been cleaned up. So there was no uh, semen found. It's a really 
dirty, dark case, this so, one. And Tobes, I, you know, I Tobes can I ask yeah. you this? I, I've got a question. Where were the parents? Did the girl go missing before? So did John Bonet go missing before this? Because I'm just wondering why the ransom note no, was no, no. inside the house. Or yeah, did the parents, so, did the parents okay, so, pre- like, did they show the police they yeah. got this ransom note? Yes. So, well, no, so she got up, she woke up in the morning. Patsy woke up in the morning, walked down the stairs. The first thing she found was the ransom note, which explained that they'd taken the daughter. Right. So before they found the body, but what a lot of people are alluding to is that they probably wrote the note with someone uh, because no one knew about the money. No one knew, uh, you know, the, the ransom note said they had the body. They didn't have the body. The body was downstairs in a basement. Now, Going back to that Fleet White, there's a few people of interest, like the photographer who they reckon lost it after. So he was the photographer of all the young girls, and they said he was really weird. And he left his wife and his daughter and ran out a one-bedroom apartment within Boulder, Colorado. And, you know, that, that, that's what I'm saying. That type of industry, that, that beauty pageant industry with these young girls, it, it will attract a certain type of person without, without fail. And in this case, when you read into the depths of some of the uh, stories that are told here without having to... Um, a lot of it's obviously not on record because it was in the grand jury, which we heard, which is why they, they were supposed to be indicted on those charges, which alludes to the fact that they knew what happened or they know what happened and they knew who did it and they put her in that position. So that's what they were saying. The night before, there was a chance that she was actually murdered somewhere the night before. Mm. Um, the parents knew about this or knew who did it and they took her back and then obviously the ransom note was in. You don't go and write a two-and-a-half-page ransom note on a piece of paper in the person's house that you're kidnapping the child from. What if you couldn't find a pad? Yeah. You went in there. Like, it's, it's, it, it just doesn't make sense. Mm. It's what about the son? Weird. What about the, the brother? Yeah, the, how old was he, the brother? Because the, the, there, there is... Burke, I think, I think... Yeah, I think Burke was only 10 at the time. So he's... He um, he got a lot of blame. Yeah, he, there was a lot of heat. There was the, John sort of got exonerated straight away from the public perception, but Patsy and Burke were the two that were really looked at, but the, the meanings for them were both really weak. So a lot of people thought Patsy had written the uh, the ransom note because it, it was similar to her writing, but the writing sort of doesn't really relate to anyone if you have a look at the ransom note. Burke it was because they found pineapple in her stomach and the, that night the Ramses didn't know she'd eaten pineapple, but Burke was eating pineapple at, at the kitchen table. And the, the argument was that he got upset that she took pineapple from him now to kill your sister over a piece of pineapple it's, it's a hard stretch to believe that would happen and you know then you got patsy they said that you know she went to bed patsy hated her for wetting the bed she lost it again it's, a, it's another hard stretch um it's it just i don't know when, when you read the grand jury's indictment and they say that now they've heard all the evidence uh they've heard people come forward obviously it's a closed court they've heard all the all the stuff and but the these people, these people I listened to, all these investigative journalists who said they heard so much stuff about that exact community, the Boulder, Colorado community. Said every time they went to the DA with evidence, whenever time they went to the police, they said they were just met with silence. He said no one wanted to touch that aspect of the case. No one wanted to go down that path. And, and they were saying it was like these people were being protected. And it was like there was a lot of people well up within the industries that were like, you don't go down that path. But I'm just hoping now because the case has been so long, like, you know, we're almost 30 years, whatever it is now, that the, there's no ties left to that community for those people. So the new district attorney, the new head of police, these people don't care about protecting those people anymore. And I think that's the only way you're really going to find out. I, I don't, I couldn't imagine it was a, an intruder because I couldn't imagine, an intruder did that would be panicking. 
they'd be you know, trying to get it done as quick as possible. They don't sit down at a desk and write to another. Is the dad dead? Uh, doesn't he? Is the dad still alive? No, the mum is. The mum died. No, the, the mum died. Uh, I think the mum died and the dad's still alive. Yeah, the dad's still and alive. Is, so the dad's well. I just sorry, and the he, son is too. Yeah. Is the is the dad still <laughs> like? Does the son? What's his name? Burke. Burke. Yeah. Is he still like with the dad? Are they still a family? Like. Uh, yeah, I think that's the last. So he he actually, I think he first talked about he. Very first talk about, I think he may have come out on Dr. Phil because he never talked about it for a long, long time. It was only a couple of years ago he gave his first interview on it. And, you know, you feel a bit sorry for him because he was only 10 years old at the time and he was really pressured that it was him about doing yeah. it. But, you know, she had a fractured skull as well. So she was hit over the head, but they said that she died from asphyxiation, which was obviously the grot around her throat. But, mate, it's, it's, I think there's a very dark side to this community there that a lot of people don't want to find out. And I'm, you know, there's a couple of podcasts which I listen to, which even for me when I was listening to it, it was like, mate, I don't know if I want to hear this. Like, it's very dark because the internet was at its infancy back then. And these people tell you things about the internet and about certain pageant girls and things like that, which they found out. And when, as I said, when they took it to the district attorney or to the police, they were met with silence and no one wanted to investigate the side of it. They just kept going down the, the Ramses. But I don't think the Ramses did it. I don't think Patsy or John did it myself, but I do believe they know... Exactly the grand jury that they know what happened. Mm. Yeah, it's heavy. So you mentioned um, as well, uh, Tobes around uh, Adnan Sayed. Um, yes. Had you followed that closely? So he's out. Yeah, he's out. Yeah. Well, that's what I was saying. So one of the so it's weird that like nearly every case I've mentioned here, Barry Sheck's been mentioned. So he's a, one of the most foremost. Uh, DNA experts in America. So that's and he does that innocence program. I, I didn't realise until. Uh, last night, that he actually testified at this grand jury. So obviously, I, you know, I explained before that he was the what's DNA. He, and blood so what's he that. do? Is he a DNA scientist or something? Yes, no. So he, no, he's a lawyer, but he's the. So he was the DNA and blood expert for the defence in the Dream Team in the OJ Simpson case. Oh, gotcha. But he started the he started the Innocence Program, which was the one that got Adnan Syed out of jail. Right. So, so that was the two cases that we explained about. But he also. So he gave evidence at this trial as well. So two of the three people, uh, two of the three that were just mentioned, plus Henry Lee, they're all in the O.J. Simpson case. They all gave evidence at this trial as well. And for those guys to, get, to give evidence at this trial and the grand jury turned out and said, you should indict the parents, not for murder, but for knowingly putting the child in the harm's way of, um, of uh, you know, which led to her murder. That's what they wanted her indicted. But when it finished the grand jury, the district attorney at the time, Alex Hunter, just uh, sealed the documents and wouldn't let anyone see them and wouldn't indict anybody, which goes to show, which probably leads to those you know, investigative journalists' theories that there's a dark, seedy side to that community. That and no one and what, like high-profile prof- high people yeah. in, that, in that community? Well, he, he's high-profile. Yeah, he's very high-profile. He's you know, multi you know, like I said, he had his own jet. He you know, had a massive billion. He had the biggest contract at the time, or his company did the biggest defence contract at the time. There's people there that get protected. You know that. So, you know, and it wouldn't be just him. Not there would be. He wouldn't hang around Christian Brothers reunion. You know what I mean? He would be dealing with you know some of the biggest and the most powerful people in the Colorado district, and you know, judges, lawyers, other you know huge defence contractors, politicians. Uh, they're Republican down there. So, you know, the Republican side of it, which oh, I, I think I was gotcha. George Bush. Which, and so, gotcha. you know, these guys are all, you know, they're heavy hitters. And so if things, they don't want things to come out. I'm pretty sure they can 
put their foot down to make sure things don't. And that hasn't come out. That side of it just never came out. I only found it because I investigated it and I started reading all these investigative journalists, people, and they all had exactly the same response saying the same thing, that every time they fronted with evidence about this and that, they should look this way. They said it just got met with silence. No one wanted to go down that path. But that, see, Fleet White, I brought him up before, the friend that went downstairs and found the body with uh, John Ramsey. Now, you would only take him down, I believe, if he had, like, I don't believe, I can't believe that they didn't check the basement first off. You would check your entire house. Yeah. Now, now, one o'clock, they called the police at 10 to 6. It wasn't until 1 p.m., so we're talking seven hours later, you know, that they've checked the basement, and he took him with him. Now, they brought everyone to the house, all their rich friends that were all over at the house, so they contaminated the entire house with any DNA, which is, then will exclude them from any DNA. There is DNA found, so they do have male DNA on record uh, that was found with, uh, in her underpants, but... Until now, at the moment, there's been no uh, there's been no connection with anybody. So, um, Fleet White, I think if he's got anything to do with it, it's you know, that's why he was taken down to the um, to the basement because it, it, then his DNA, of course, would be everywhere, and it basically counts him out. Tobes, we've got to hit this uh, hard out, mate. But we appreciate uh, good, True Crime Tuesday. Uh, what's what do you got here? Uh, Dunny says it's Toby Tuesdays. Uh, so hope, hopefully now, if the investigation comes up, we'll get we'll get some answers. Toby Dow, thank you very much, Good mate. You, Tobes. Quick plug yeah, in the book boy. again. Quick plug. Uh, Sam. 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 With a P. With yes, a, with a P. Yes, thank right. you very much, Toby Thanks, Dow. Tobes. We've got the run home quiz. Uh, quiz. Question number one, Brian. Yes, which club did James Tedesco score his first NRL try? Which club? Who uh, is? <laughs> yeah, James Tedesco scored his first NRL try with which NRL club? One three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Call in Lawn Hub. The run home with Joel and Fletch. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Tech driver Hyundai Tucson turbo diesel all wheel drive. Well, half hour of the run home with Joel and Fletch, and uh, the run home quiz coming up. Imar Trade Insurance get an instant quote and pay the premium. Go to their website imar.com.au or call one three imar. Question number one, thanks to Bears Head, was this. James Tedesco scored his first NRL try with which club? Which club did he score his first NRL try? There's still one place on the board if you wish to dive in. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Today's winner wins the $150 gift pack from Country Trucker Caps. No? Signet. Signet. Sorry, have I got that? The Signet. weekly prize. Okay. The oh, the daily. Yeah, the weekly. Tell Sorry. us about the weekly, though. Yeah. Everyone froths on the weekly. So, Brooksy, what's the weekly? I'm going to throw it over to you. Celebrity. Oh, the weekly is the hundred and fifty dollar yeah. gift pack. What else from Country Trucker Caps? Yeah. Oh, sorry, the hundred dollar. Oh, you're out of the shop. And one hundred and fifty. <laughs> yeah, I know. One hundred and fifty dollar <laughs> voucher. No, you're already on. Going. You're on Bali so, time. Yeah, no, so for, lis- for, for listener back home, right? Yeah, listener, listen. I apologise. So it says here today's winner wins a hundred and fifty dollar gift pack from Country Trucker Caps. False. And a hundred and fifty dollar voucher for the Bella Vista Hotel. False. Both, both then, false. Then it says Friday's winner gets a one hundred dollar gift cap pack. So what's Friday's winner? Yeah, let's just, let's just, clean that up. Yeah. That's correct. What okay. you've got down there on the bottom is correct. The today's winner section of the rundown yes. is yes. completely wrong. Okay. okay. So just to clarify, today we're playing for the Signet Boost Power Bank. And because yes. you've mucked right. this up for my listener, <laughs> yeah. the winner will also receive an A-grade hat. Yes. Because That's Nathan right. Brooks, your head is in leggy gun. Yes, three hours behind. All yeah. you're looking at is going sitting down the pool with the three ladies they're going to be putting oil on each other, <laughs> and you are going to be sitting there at the buffet 
Just dipping your tongue Dean, in Nutella. What's his name? Dean Boxall. Uh, yes. Nutella. Yeah. One three hundred over there. In Indonesia, oh, they froth on Nutella. We'll let one more on the board. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Let's it. get into this. <laughs> it's time for the run home with Joel and Fletch quiz for IMAR Insurance, the tradies mate. Call one three IMAR. So, Jay, you don't know what you're playing for. We don't either. It doesn't matter. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he does. He's a power bank. And a hat. And the hat. A great hat. Now, <laughs> I don't give away the very, very often, mm. only on Monday A grade. So yes. this is you're very lucky today. Yes. Jay, do you like sticking your Robert Young in Nutella? <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, no. No. Uh, no. Well, don't knock it till you try. Which club did James Tedesco score his first NRL try? Uh, he was with the Tigers. Correct. Now, hang on. No. You didn't let me say that before. What? When I tried to bring up sex. Okay, now I've forgotten. <laughs> so I have an argument in here, Jay. I'm going to tell you. Look, individual med- medley consists of which swimming strokes? What? Individual medley. Individual. Uh, consists of which got... swimming strokes? Um, in order. Breaststroke. In order. Oh, in order. Um, I'll go with say. Breaststroke, yep. backstroke, yep. butterfly, yep. freestyle? Yeah, no, close. One oh, out of four, I, I, I think. I, I, I reckon um, that's close. first, isn't it, boys? Yeah, can they start? No, yeah. no, no, no. No? We don't even know. No, I think it's... Oh, this is debauchery. Um, <laughs> Jay, what was your order? There might be a protest here, but what was your order? Uh, breaststroke. Hang on, I've got to write this down. Uh, backstroke, butterfly. Yeah. No. No, it's not freestyle. right. I've got they, it. They got do it. start. I know where they start. Okay. Yeah, Do they, they all, start there? Yeah, they all start. They start as a something and turn into something. An animal? Okay. Right. Uh, Nick from Newey. Yeah, sorry, Jay. Stay there. Oh, Hello. Nick, you there, bud? It's the airport. Hello? Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You're getting yelled at. <laughs> QF417. <laughs> Oh, having, having a conversation with the missus. She just got home from work with a young fella. Uh, good on you. Good on you. Okay. Uh, individual medley consists of which swimming strokes in order? Uh, uh, butterfly first, True. In the backstroke, breaststroke, and freestyle. Boom. Boom. The relay is different. It is. Backstroke, breaststroke, butterfly, That's exactly freestyle. right. Where was this? Where was this when the quiz was starting? Uh, okay. okay, Nick. If I mentioned the name Ricky Fowler... What sport do you associate old Ricky with? Uh, golf. That's part A. Ricky's wife, uh, who he's married to, that's what happens when you've got a wife, was also a very, very good athlete in which sport or her event? Oh. It's in the Olympics. Oh. Olympics? Oh, okay. Uh, I'll give you a hint. I'll give you a I'll give you a hint. Yeah. Sergey. Sergey. Sergey? Sergey. Sergey. Yeah, Sergey. Oh. Jiu-jitsu? Ooh. Nice cigar. Sorry. Kramer Kiwi, you there? Yeah, I'm here, mate. Hello, mate. Uh, how you doing, boys? I'm doing good, Kiwi. Ricky Fowler is a golfer, and his wife was very, very good at this event. And it's in the it used to be in the Olympics. And it, I'll give you the hint: Sergey. Sergey. 
Um, well, fencing sounds pretty sad, gay. Well, it's close. Is it? Not really. No. But it's in the Olympics. Uh, stay there. So when, when you showed me your um, Sergei. Pictionary sort of efforts, yeah, it looked like a a um, like a water sport. No, bull. It was also, it was also in uh, oh. Hyper Olympics. Gotcha. Matt from Seven Hills, Ricky Fowler's wife. Ah, uh, yes, what? the pole variety. Correct. Pole yes, Sergey. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. This is another Ricky question. I'm just frothing for Ricky's. Ricky Stewart played his last game of rugby league with which club? Ooh, is that the Bulldogs? Correct. Ricky was big on crow pecking too. Was he? So someone to tackle you and then he would run in third man and go on top of your head <laughs> and then run back into the line. <laughs> get you, Ricky oh, I, we still need to find the footage of him and Robbie John Simpson. It's the best... It's the best verbal altercation you've ever seen. You wouldn't want to fight Robbie John. No, no way would you not. Have I got the final question, Brian? Yes. Okay. We're talking about Tom Brady earlier on, and uh, they naturally split him and Giselle. How many – is a two-parter. How many Super Bowls has Tom played in? Kiama Kiwi? Who? (laughs) Matt, how many many (laughs) – Matt. Yeah, exactly. Matthew, how many Super Bowls has Tom Brady played in? Um, oh, Super Bowls. Um, 11? Ooh, less. Less. Tony from Liverpool. Tony, you there, mate? G'day, boys. How are you? Very good. How many Super Bowls has Tom Brady played in? I think it might be nine. More. Oh. More. We go to Jay. Uh, stay there, though, Tony. You never know. Jay, how many has he played in? Is it 10? It is 10. Part B is this. How many has he lost? Three? Yes. So there you go, Jay. Yeah, boy. There you go. After all, that is on the signet power bank. Yeah. Which you'll need. The quiz went that long, Brian. And a hat, too. Yeah, and a hat. Jay, have you already got an A-grade hat? I do. He actually sent me one out a couple of weeks ago. Okay. Well, uh, um, do you mind if I, I give it to someone if you want? Yeah. Can I? I'm going to give it to someone, either Nick, Koma Kiwi, or Tony. I haven't made my mind up yet. Really? Well, if Nick can spell mm. Sergei Bubka. <laughs> Nick, you there, mate? So, yeah, yeah. Sergei Bubka. Can you spell that? <laughs> Oh, Sergey would be S E R G E I. Sergey and Bubka <laughs> is Bubka. Oh, Bubka. Bubka. <laughs> Bubka. Yeah. Oh. oh, hang on, you're out. Okay, you're out. Sergey is incorrect. Can we play the never-ending uh, never story on. on our own quiz? Kiama Kiwi, are you there? Yeah, I'm here, mate. How do you spell Sergey or Sergey? <laughs> Depends where you are. Because if you're in Transylvania, <laughs> you've got to say Sergey. Bubka. Sergey. I, th- I thought it was for the same way as Matt was. S-E-R-G-E-I or S-I-R-G-A-Y. Oh, so close, but no is it Is it S-E-R-G-A-I? No. No, no, no. No? no. no? Okay. No. There's no I at the end. 
Let's go to who am I at? Tony from uh, Kai McKeewee. Tony, sorry. Tony, Tony from Liverpool. Liverpool. Tony spells Sir J. S-E-R-G-E-Y. That's it. That's it. That's and, it. and Bubka. That would be B-U-B-K-A. That would Great be correct. Google. Now you've got to say it. Sergei Bubka. <laughs> Sergei Bubka. Perfect. That was good. Yeah. Where's he from, Sergei? Is he Yugoslavian? Ukrainian, Russian. Ooh. I'm, mm. actually, I'm actually Italian, Fletch. Ah, yeah. Buonasera. That's why I can... Pro- Buonasera. Buongiorno. Come say. Hey. Oh. Come say. Si. Si. Uh, where is Banyo? I need to use Banyo. I need to use Banyo. Il Banyo. Brasco. Si. Brasco. Si. <laughs> Banyo is Brasco. Uh-huh. Am I right, Tony? No. Uh, uh, Banyo is, is Brasco. Yes, that's right. Yes. See? Thank you very much. Yeah, well, well, Tony, you're getting a hat, mate. Well done. Mm-hmm. Give him another thing. Well, out, give it. Let's yeah, boy. <laughs> Good on you, Tony. Uh, Gary's, Gary says, uh, you guys are dead city alcoholics by the sounds of things, says Jester Gary. And he said, I know you heard Gary. Uh, we heard you, Gary. We heard you loud and clear. Jester Gary. Jester Gary. Yeah. Now, this is a good quiz. Have you noticed, li- listener, that <laughs> the quiz, we've been going a little bit longer? Yeah, do tell. I'll tell you why. Yeah. Because, and much to my chagrin, <laughs> that we have to no ads. The last 25 minutes. Well, that's what the listeners wanted. The listener wanted. In the last hour. Listener, <laughs> the we list- listened to the listener and they said, no more ads. Yeah. Ads. No more. Gregler, up there. <laughs> yeah. So we decided. Gregler. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Um, yes, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy is the way to have your say. We've got our man there standing by. We certainly do. Uh, time now joining us, who happens to be a teammate of our man, Pavel Florin, who played oh, with him on the weekend. The Pav Dog guy. East Gardens Cricket Club. I'm talking about Hammy Goodman from Sportsbet. Say yeah, nah to Qatar and yes to Sportsbet. The easiest place to bet this World Cup. Gamble responsibly. Hammy's on the line. G'day, Hammy. Hello, team. How are we? Uh, good to be with you. We actually played a game with Pavel last night. Uh, he was steaming. He tied up an end there um, uh, when we played yesterday, and uh, the Grubs actually had a win, after the first win in the club's history. So the appointment wow. of Pavel uh, proved to be an inspired one. How did he go with his figures, Hemi? None for 39 off his four, so mm. it wasn't the most economical, but uh, he actually hit the winning run. He hit a scoop over his head, and he hit a reverse sweep as well. So oh. the wagon wheel for Pavel was uh, doing plenty. And uh, there'll be some pretty good content, I imagine, to come out of that in the next couple of days as well. So pretty happy with how he went. How many slower balls did he bowl in his first <laughs> over? Six. 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 What about his second over? Yeah, well, he was consistent. He, he, he pulled out six again. Oh, wow. Well. Um, he's got, he's got yeah. it down to a fine arm. Has he what? Uh, that's he magnificent stuff. Uh, righto, <laughs> let's get away from Pavel for a second here. Hammy, uh, Rugby League World Cup, we're down to two. And, and you're a man who... You do like the sort of skew to the outsider is my sort of um, observation of the great man, Hammy Goodman. Brian yep. Fletcher is very, very bullish on this to be one-way traffic, Australia versus Samoa. I want 13 plus. What do you think? Yeah, I want 13 plus. You're getting about $1.56 there, 13 plus, Fletch. Oh. Uh, Australia, $1.12. Samoa, six fifty. The line, seven and a half points. But I just get the sense that the line is a little bit too big. Mm. That price head-to-head is a little bit too high. Uh, Australia, you know, they you know, were troubled by New Zealand in their first real test of the tournament. Samoa, they've had basically the same 17 the whole way through. 
Australia, lots of rotation. For me, don't look that well oiled. They probably are the better team. But, you know, they're the better team. But I just don't think it's as convincing as dollar twelve plays six fifty. I think the bet might be Samoa at the line, and uh, I don't know. I think that could be a shake uh, of an upset. Am I talking gibberish? No. Have I got a little bit? Of, is, it, is there something in that? No, no, no. I don't think you're talking gibberish at all. Um, I I wouldn't be surprised to see Australia win, but. Uh, win comfortably, I mean. But, Hammy, you've got all these players who have just had so much success recently. And I know people will say so is Cleary and Yo and all Where those does success, things. what does it leave? Clues, Brian. Yeah, I thought so. Clues. And uh, I, I just, you know, does it mean more to the Samoan team? Nope. No? I don't think so. You don't think so? Oh, hang on. So, sorry, Hammy. My apologies. Oh, what's going on here? Sorry, Hammy. Sorry, brother. This is... I don't know if you're aware of this. We got a dear Jared. Dear Jared, I'm desperate to have a baby, but my husband keeps making excuses, so I'm considering getting together with a colleague who also wants a child. Oh, no. I'm 32 and my husband's 34. I can't understand what he's waiting for. We own our house together, have secure jobs, and in a great relationship, although our sex mm. could do with an improvement. We've always been happy. I've always imagined us as a family. I've been waiting patiently, but every time I bring up the topic... It's as if he's determined to avoid the conversation altogether. We argue all the time. Every problem gets a personal reply from one of our trained counselors. Anyway, I've decided to talk to a colleague about this, and we've become quite friendly. He's eight years older than me. He's very mature and has, and has always been very kind to me. I'd be lying if I said I didn't fancy him a bit. Ooh. He constantly talks about how he wants to start a family and have a house full of kids. I love my husband, but why doesn't he want to start a family with me? Hey, Jared. Hammy, thoughts? Should she, should, should she do this? Hell, hell of a fact. Hell yeah. of a fact. What's going <laughs> what, on there? What should she do? What is my advice? Um, I don't mm. know. You've got you to stick fat, haven't you? You've chosen this bloke for a reason. Yep. Um, you know, I think you just got to, you, you know, as well as anyone, Fletch, you've just got to communicate, haven't you? In a yeah, good yeah. relationship. So well, that's the only thing that separates us. Uh, opposable thumbs mm. and communication. <laughs> in the end. That's in animals. Yes. I'm not saying that he's an yeah. animal or she's an animal. Opposable thumbs and communication. Yeah. Anything separates us well, my, from animals. My, my advice in the first instance, I, I think she needs to send him a fax directly, let her know how she's feeling, and um, <laughs> well, you know, they, they can sort of take it from there. Yeah, I think, does she try and not go on contraceptive? I mean, that's a bit sneaky. Can't be doing that, but thoughts? Mm. Thoughts? I, yeah. no, not, not for us to say. Not no. for us to no. say. Just, <laughs> well, just... Cut the Keith Bonney off and just say, right, we're on. <laughs> uh, Hammy, I will say this. I've gone through the Samoan team. They can absolutely win. I, I'm not tipping them to be the favourites. or anything. They can absolutely win. Plenty of stars there. <laughs> Keith, who's Keith? Uh, anyway, what else we got, Hammy? Uh, are we still on air? Yeah, yeah, we're still on air. <laughs> we're still on. Remarkably, uh, somehow, yes. I want I want to head to the big tournament kicking off over the weekend in in the Middle East. Uh, talk a bit of football. Yes, um, yeah, beautiful game. Outright betting in this one: Brazil, five dollar favourites here. Uh, Argentina best back at six fifty. France seven bucks. England at nine dollars. And for the Dreamers, uh, Australia are there at two hundred and fifty one dollars. Are there any roughies that I've left off the board there that you like, boys, or or do you think those top five are are, are rough? Basically, it's... Denmark for me. What a Denmark pain, Emmy. Denmark, 20, 23 bucks. Yeah, I like Denmark. Yeah. Like them. 
They're in our pool, Fletch, so yep. not good news for for us if, if they do progress no. through. But their market twenty three. Yeah, I don't know. We have got a we have we've got a couple of us uh, Australia you know based markets as well up on the side as well. Where are we going to end up in the tournament? A uh, dollar fourteen says that we don't leave the group stage. The round of sixteen will get you six bucks. Tim Cahill today said that he reckons Australia reached the quarterfinals. Remarkably, that'll get you twenty one dollars. Uh, the semis are eighty one bucks. I don't think that'll happen. And then obviously to win the lot is two hundred and fifty one bucks. Uh, top goal scorer for Australia, Jamie McLaren, leads the goal scoring in the A League. He's done that the last four years as well. And you're getting seven bucks for him uh, when it all kicks off across the weekend. Hammy, outstanding. I'm going to have something on. Whenever Germany's running around at double figures, I need to be on them. Eleven bucks. I'll be on Germany yeah. at the eleven bucks. Uh, uh, well done. You handled the fax machine very, very well. Uh, you, you said yeah, nah to the fax machine, Hammy. We appreciate that. <laughs> well no, done, no mate. dramas at all. Yeah, we're responsible. We chat tomorrow. Thanks, there he Hammy. is, Hammy, the great Hammy. Of course, Shawnee. Shawnee down to this is uh, Wednesday. Uh, True Crime Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So he's only got three more sleeps till he's getting married. Say so yeah, nah to Qatar and yes to sports, but the easiest place to bet this World Cup. Gamble responsibly. Mm. Boys, what's on tonight? Tonight is, oh, Yellowstone. Right. Yellowstone. John Stan. Yep. I, I just, look, I, I, I never liked Kevin Costner until now. Yep. Until Yellowstone. I might have a little crush on Beth Dutton. Just a little bit. <laughs> Beth. <laughs> Beth. Yeah. Beth, the Michael of the mouse. What are you doing food-wise tonight? Food is, uh, oh, the chicken dish. I don't like it. Well, you don't. Uh, it's <laughs> like chicken and white wine with like, yeah, it's not great. Just what, what compliments the chicken? Uh, asparagus yep. and spudols. Well, clearly the, the kids love it, do they? What, why are we? Bridges because it's easy. Oh, right. Because she wants to use everything in the fridge. Gotcha. She's going through that phase. <laughs> right. You know, everything in the freezer, just yeah. use it. Yeah. Is that part of the course? Like they give you a fridge and you've got to use whatever's in there sort of thing? Mm, no, no, no. But oh. She's just lazy. Oh. Just decided, she said. Because she comes home and she's just sick of cooking. Mm. And I said, why have you done this course then? That's right. That's exactly right. So was there a bit of a, um, a bell curve? Was she really fired up early? Frothing. Yeah. Just drying everything out, making the grouse, garlic, butter, everything. And now what's the drying out? What's the main thing you drive in? No moisture. Yeah, but what's the main... Makes it easy to cook. What's the main uh, meat item that you would dry out? Uh, no, she just dries everything out. It just gets the chucks onto everything. Well, no matter the meat? No matter the meat, no matter the veggie, everything. All right. Everything's dried out. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's quite interesting. Is that for the sear factor? It's, Matt, it's better Matt, searing of yeah. the meat? I'm not too sure. I don't know. I didn't. I don't really get involved with that. Do you generally f- taste a difference? Yes, you do. Yeah, right. You do. Okay. Definitely. That's good to know. It is good to know. And that's what I'm trying to pass on to Gibbo over here. Yeah, no, I, I'm a fan of that for my salmon. Every time I do anything now, chucks. I've got the chucks. But just the the chucks spill in the house has gone up. It has. Well, you, you knock them off. Oh, yeah. So when you go, when you yeah, knock them off, off from his, here, yeah. or if you're, if you're in, I've got a little secret for you. at Westfields. Yeah. When the cleaner goes into the Brasco, oh, oh right, yeah, you dive in. Hopefully it's not in uh, the North Lakes Brasco up on. No, Brisbane it wouldn't there. be. You wouldn't want to. <laughs> no. Wouldn't want to take that chat. That might have something. Or a blue on light. It. There'd be some funky <laughs> stuff. But you don't take the. You know, all you do because all those cleaners have the big rolls. Yeah, just just undoing taking. Okay, yeah. so say you've got the salmon and you're going to throw it into the chucks. Yeah. Is it just quickly roll it around in the chucks and then you're done? Or is it hanging nah, in let, there for a while? Yeah, you know, just 
get all the moisture, absorb all the moisture out of it. Yeah, Pat Jarvis. A bit like what we're doing now. Pad, pad, pad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you have missed the show, uh, you can catch up on the Good podcast, show. of Good course. Show, that is the way to do that. Mick Collis, uh, the ode to Shane Warne. That was a highlight. He spoke about his... Uh, the way he navigated himself through to represent this great country. It's a terrific story. Toby Dow, True Crime Tuesday. And um, what are you doing tonight, Lovebird? Not much. I'm I'm looking at Yellowstone. I watched the last episode of the series because, you know, when the series take a while to come back, you need a bit of a refresher. Yeah. The previously on Yellowstone doesn't really work. You need to sort of delve into that. Maybe the last two episodes. I did the last Money. one last Night, so I'm gonna. Was there two episodes dropped? Yes, mm-hmm. I'm only got. Tw- I got through 25 minutes before you rang today, and then mm-hmm. I had the the incident with the cat. Oh. So I had to turn the TV off. Any update on the? No, on? nothing. Oh yeah, he's back. Cat yeah, back. Yeah, cat's back. Oh, yeah. guess who's back? Frank's back. Where was uh, guess what? Wacky Team Wednesday. Ooh, going early. Can I? Yeah, you go. Go go now. Yeah. Uh, Lundy. Was it Lundy who mentioned it? I don't want to give it to the wrong listener. Mm. No, I, I don't think it was Lundy. It was someone from Belmore. Oh, a Bob. Bob. Uh, Bulldog Bob. No, it was a Bulldog. Anyway, he said to me, he said, Fletch, for Wacky Team Wednesday, in yep. light of what's going on between Gibbo and Harry, team of Harrys or Harold. Yes. Deborah Bull- Harry. Dirty Harry. Love that. Love that. Bulldog Muzz. Bulldog Muzz. Mm. Thank you very much, Bulldog Muzz. Well, Rooster Muzz sacked us. Is, is he sort of, is that his... Um, Rooster Muzz? Yeah, Where's Rooster he? Muzz sacked us last week, apparently. No, he's not. His Bulldog Muzz, his little... Ah, oh, could be a burner, little burner account. He, um, I think Rooster Muzz is away. Mm. What's <laughs> coming up tonight, boys? Uh, coming up after our sports day? Sports day with Travis Head. Travis Head. We've got Paddy Cummins coming on the show tomorrow, so looking Paddy forward to that. Kirsten Bell. Uh, you've got the Hello Sport guys catching up with uh, Roger... Fabry. Fabry, not yeah. Fabry. Yeah, Fabry. Oh, Steve-O. Remember Steve-O's text? I read Steve-O's text. He yeah. helped him out with his ne- niece's pelvic floor issues. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I didn't us, know that. Give us it again. Yeah. I'll give it, was that Denny Stevenson, wasn't it? Denny Stevenson yeah. who said, guys, please get Roger Fabry or yeah. Fabry on SEN. I can vouch for how he can change people's lives. My wife had a weak pelvic floor and we had numerous embarrassing moments of urinal leakage. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Roger taught my nephew pelvis core exercises. Oh, don't. Now she can laugh, drink, run, and cough without leakage. Thanks, Roger. Yours in radio, Denny. Can Roger Denny? taught my nephew. Now she... <laughs> see tomorrow. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely, and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.